welcome everyone. As you all know, we're at the 12th annual Rise to the Top event. Today is very special because not only are we celebrating International Women's Day with our Rise to the Top event, we are also hosting the Greater Houston Partnerships first ever live podcast. And I'm your host, Katie Pryor, Chief Development Officer and SVP of Member Engagement for the Greater Houston Partnership. And um, today we're gonna have a lot of fun. This podcast was launched in 2021, and it really aims to amplify the voices of accomplished female leaders throughout the greater Houston region. In each episode, we feature compelling guests who share their own personal journeys and discuss how their organization is making an impact in Houston. In this episode of Rise to the Top, we are speaking with Mary Vitek, Chief Executive Officer of the Girl Scouts of San Jacinto Council. Today, we'll hear more about her extraordinary work at the council, her perspective on topics such as being a female leader in the region, as well as Mary's personal journey on how she became the CEO, a position that she's held since 1998. Mary and the Girl Scouts have also been supporters of the Rise to the Top event for the past five years. We're honored to have Mary here with us in this special edition. Mary, welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a pleasure. I, and I, I didn't realize this was an on, inaugural, so just a little extra pressure. Yeah, <laughs> just a little, just a little. So as I mentioned, we're thrilled to have you. Your leadership is known throughout the region. Um, and we certainly know it here within the Rise of the Top crowd, but I wanna let everybody get to know you just a little bit. So tell us more about your personal background, who you are as a person. Sure. So I, I'm a native Houstonian. I'm one of those unusual um, animals that grew up in Houston. I went to Sam Houston State University, so not that didn't venture that far away from the greater Houston area for college. I came back to Houston um, to start my career, and my career was initially in public accounting. And we'll talk a little bit more about that, the career trajectory and how I ended up in nonprofit. But um, uh, homegrown here in the in the Houston area. I love that. Well, it would be unusual that both of us were native Houstonians, but we are. So oh. also homegrown <laughs> in the region. Uh, we're going to get to their work at the Girl Scouts in just a minute. Uh, but first, tell us a little bit more about how you got to this point. So your career trajectory, um, if there were those pivotal moments along the way that really helped shape your path for the future. Yeah, I would say, you know, it started in college. I started, um, I initially studied business education. I thought I was going to go into education. Both of my parents are teachers, a wonderful profession. Um, but I did an internship one summer and, and, and got exposed to the accounting industry and decided I wanted to go back and change my major to accounting. So I originally started my career in public accounting at KPMG and was there for eight years. Um, most of my clients were energy, so I didn't have any a nonprofit client base, but I was active with um, our nonprofit partners and was one of the firm leaders in terms of organizing our nonprofit outreach. And the opportunity came up at the Girl Scouts and somebody reached out and said, this just feels like it has your name written all over it. And so I took a leap of faith and um, went to the Girl Scouts thinking, oh, this will be a nice couple of year thing and then I'll figure out what I want to do next. And 28 years later, here I, here I am. Yeah. Isn't it funny how that happens? All of a sudden you think, oh, let's just take this next step. This will be a, a short term thing. But yeah. then to your point, 28 years later, it's become a career, something that you've really been able to make an impact with. Um, and so reflect back on that 25, 28 year history a little bit, 25 since you were CEO. 
And how have you grown as a leader? What are some of the things you would tell your younger self as, as you're getting into this role? Well, I think the organization has changed so much over those 25 years. Houston has changed so much. And, and so our um, desire and need to reach out into the community more and tell our story, our board has really grown from a more operational board um, to a, a governance board. We have, you know, the cookie sale, it's going on right now. So hopefully everybody's bought their cookies. If you didn't, you're gonna get one today. But um, the cookie sale is going on and it's great and it supports so much of what we do. But we've also tried to really improve our properties and the ex outdoor experiences we offer to girls. And that's required us to run a number of capital campaigns. When I reflect back though, to, your, to, the, to the second part of that question, when I reflect back on my younger self and when my early days as a CEO, and I think about now, um, the advice I would give myself is to not try to have all the answers. I am a fixer by, um, maybe that's the accounting in me, I don't know, but, um, but I am a fixer. And so I have a high perfectionism gene and um, really want to try to get to that point of perfection, which is not possible, right? And I've learned over the years that the most important thing I can do is to not provide the right answer, but to ask the right questions. Because I am surrounded by people who are brilliant and who have a lot to give and a lot to contribute to our path. And, and so that's the thing I would say I would give my younger self is step back, take a breath, ask questions, and then act. Um, it's such wise advice. I mean, I think most of us can think of a time where we wish we had done that, just kind of paused for a minute, yeah. take a moment to ask questions rather than try to have it all figured out. But um, I think many people can probably relate to what you're yeah. saying about uh, taking the opportunity to do that and not letting that high perfectionism gene get in the way of yeah. making progress with things. Um, so Mary, you lead one of the largest Girl Scout councils in the nation with approximately 35,000 girls and 15,000 adults across 26 counties in Southeast Texas. I was one of those girls many, year, many years ago, trip 3240, still remember to this day. Um, so while you've been CEO, what have been the council's objectives and what area of impact are you as proud of? You know, I would say, I'll start with the answer to the second question and then work back. I would say I am most proud of the fact that we are in every zip code across 26 counties. Um, and that is not accidental. We work really hard to make sure we have active Girl Scout programs across the area. Um, and we do that through a variety of initiatives. You may think about Girl Scouting as the traditional model with a, a group of girls and a volunteer leader. And that is still very much a part of our DNA but we also have a lot of outreach initiatives. We have a truth at the Star of Hope where we have um, girls who are residents in the Star of Hope who are part of a Girl Scout troop. We have girls part of the uh, juvenile probation department in Harris County. We're in schools. So really making sure that our outreach is to every zip code across the, across the 26 counties that we serve. And when you think about the impact of Girl Scouting, we're serving every zip code across 26 counties and there's 111 other Girl Scout councils across the nation that are replicating that across the nation so the impact is huge. Um, in terms of what are our objectives, the objectives have really stayed the same and that is our mission to build girls of courage, confidence and character who make the world a better place. So our goal is to instill in girls those attributes that help them then go out and make the world a better place. 
We do that through a variety of things. Probably the two things that are most important is the way we work with corals in that we give them access to mentors who can um, guide and support them. And then a network of friends that um, in learning at a very young age, the power of a network. And then through the skill building activities that girls do in Girl Scouting across our four um, programmatic pillars of STEM, the outdoors and life skills and entrepreneurship, which is what the cookie program represents is the entrepreneurship pillar. Oh, what you said there about, you know, bringing access and opportunity to all girls, not just because you live in a certain zip code or have a, a neighborhood that you can be a part of a trip and that bringing that access to all girls is really important. So a question that many successful women get is, how do you do it all? And to be frank with our listeners, we'll have a bit of a spoiler alert. Nobody does it all and nobody can do it all on their own and nobody has it all figured out. So we'll just make that you know very clear from the beginning. But you, know, you are a mother of an adult daughter today, but as you were growing your career, growing your family, you know, talk to us a little bit about that. How did you prioritize different aspects of your life and maybe how has that shifted today? I will um, affirm that you can't do it all. And so uh, I would say in terms of balancing family and work, um, a lot of support. Um, I have a husband who is incredibly supportive. My parents are in the greater Houston area and are very supportive. I have friends in, in the local area that are incredibly supportive. Um, and then my daughter was a Girl Scout. So we were Girl Scout journeying together when she was born. I had, uh, she was born in 1996. I had been with the Girl Scouts for two years and she kind of came up through the program uh, with me. And um, I became her Girl Scout leader. That really gave me an incredible perspective of what we ask of Girl Scout leaders and the needs of Girl Scout leaders to deliver on this mission. Um, so it was kind of integrated into our family, um, what I do professionally as well. That's me, but you had the opportunity to do that. How special for you, how special for your family, your daughter, all of that. So outside of the Girl Scouts, you are involved in a number of organizations as a board member and as an advocate. So talk to you a little bit about that, of how do you make the decisions of how you spend your time outside of work and family to support other organizations in the region? Yeah. I was reading this question thinking, okay, outside of working hours, <laughs> that's, a, that's a narrow window, window, but it does exist. And, um, you know, I would say a couple of things. I'm very active in the Executive Women's Partnership here at the Greater Houston Partnership. So I think this is a great way to network and expand your impact by interacting with other women who you can support and who can support what, the work that you do. Um, I'm also um, active with the College of Business at Sam Houston, my alma mater. I'm on the advisory board for the College of Business and continue to come back to that university that gave so much to me. Um, and then beyond that, I would say personal relationships. And that that's one of those things that I think as my, I was building my career and raising a family and, and, and that was something that sometimes I had to set aside and I'm trying to really cultivate those personal relationships that are so meaningful. I've met so many incredible people through my professional journey and personal journey and maintaining those relationships is really important. And I would say the one thing in balancing it all of family and, and everything. The one thing I I probably have given up that I shouldn't have is self-care. And I'm trying to do a better job at that as well. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, in order to do everything else, yeah. that part is so critical. To be able to take care of ourselves, our mental well-being, our physical well-being, spiritual well-being, whatever it is for you, to prioritize that as well. Yeah. 
And I think that's something, you know, reflecting back to the earlier question of what would you tell your younger self? It's underscoring that and how important that is to everything else. Super right. Super important. So I want to get your perspective because in your role as CEO of the Girl Scouts of San Jacinto Council, you see challenges of young women, young girls at every single age. So how are the challenges young women face today different than what they were, say, 10 or 20 years ago? You know, some of the challenges are the same. We still haven't reached equity in terms of the highest ranks of um, industry and public sector. But I would say some of the challenges are different than they were 10 to 15 years ago. And I would point to the pandemic as being one of those drivers of change. You saw uh, with the pandemic, a lot of women left the workforce. So some of that by choice, which is great. Um, but it, in terms of having, getting women back into the workforce who want to be back into the workforce. But then also I think about how the pandemic and the way we work today has changed the way you network and how you interact and how you grow professionally. So I think it's really important as young women take advantage of this hybrid work. Like I would have loved that as a a young mother to have a hybrid work environment. So I think it's a huge advantage, but I think we have to be careful and make sure we still have visibility, that we're still maintaining networks like this. I'm so excited to see Rise to the Top um, be such a large event because I think things like this are so important and that we don't become too insulated. Um, still have the opportunity to build that community, come together. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I agree with all of that. So what are you most excited about that's on the horizon for Houston? I think I'm biased, obviously, but I think Houston is an amazing city. And I think in terms of on the horizon, I love what the city is doing around green space and um, really making the city a more livable city inside the, the loops. But I think also just capitalizing on the diversity of this city. It, I'm sure many of you have heard Stephen Kleinberg talk about the diversity of the city and we are what the rest of the nation will look like. Um, so to the extent that we can really take advantage of our diversity and make sure that it works for everybody in our community, I think it's a unique opportunity for this city, and I think we're doing a lot. There's the task force on 2036 um, that I know the partnership is involved in, and I think that's really important work as we think about the future and be that beacon to the rest of the nation. Yeah, and to your point, that it's not just the most diverse city in the nation, that it's also the most inclusive yeah. city in the nation. Okay, so now we're going to have a little bit of fun. We have what's called our lightning round, and this is where we get to know Mary's Houston so these are our quick responses, just fire away. Okay. Favorite restaurant? I had to think about this one, but I landed on Rainbow Lodge because it's one of my, it's in my local area, which yes. we're very proud of. Good right. Yes. Favorite place to unwind? Uh, we have a lake house. So I love to go, I love water. Sitting out and looking at water um, is, is a great way to unwind for me. Yeah. Okay. Favorite place you take out of town guests? Memorial Park. I think Memorial Park is just one of our amazing gems. It also has a rich Girl Scout history, which we won't get into now, but that's a favorite for out-of-town guests as well. Love that. Okay, so power, lunch, hot spot. So my favorite right now is Frank's on Westheimer. It is quiet. You can have a conversation. It's one of my go-tos. Definitely. Okay, what makes Houston a great place to live? The people. Yeah, I agree. What does Houston need more of? My initial reaction was mountains, but oh. I don't know that we have <laughs> If that's possible, but that's probably not possible. I would say both of the things that I talked about earlier, greens, our commitment to green space and our commitment to diversity. 
Thank you. And when you think about Houston's overall trajectory as a city, what one word comes to mind? Promise. Promise. I love that. Well, Mary, I want to thank you again for sharing so much with us today. I am certain your story, your perspective is going to help and inspire others in the future. So thank you for being a part of the event. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Rise to the Top. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. You can find it on any of the podcast platforms as well as Houston.org. Also on the website, you'll find information about the region, things that Mary talked about today as well. And we hope that you'll continue listening. And thank you for being a part of this very special live episode of Rise to the Top.